Hello, this is Saira, and you are listening to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM, broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus on the unceded Musqueam territory in Vancouver. We have an amazing show for you today. Lots of shout outs, which I am going to start with. So, um, <laughs> yes, be ready. There's going to be a lot of information coming your way. And I mean, I don't know. It's just a lot of great stuff is happening the next few weeks. And we just want to be able to cover all of it. Like not, we can't, it's impossible for us to cover all of it because there's just the three, four of us. Uh, but we want to be able to talk about, you know, as much as we can, get the word out there. And sometimes we can't go see everything. So we have to, you know, just make sure that you guys know about it and get to, you know, have an idea of what's going on in Vancouver. So anyways, <laughs> without further ado, I'm going to start. So we're starting with a shout out to Vancouver Christmas Market. Um, if you've been living in Vancouver for a while, you probably know this. It happens every year in December. It happens until Christmas Day. So no, Christmas Day is the 20th. I'm not sure. I don't celebrate Christmas, so I genuinely have no idea. But it's going on until the 24th. So um, yeah, I don't know if it's Christmas Day or not, but you know, just to let you know. Anyways, so <laughs> the beloved holiday tradition commemorates first decade of authentic German jubilation. That is what the Christmas market is there. A lot of amazing food and um, merch, like just amazing stuff. Anyway, so this is the 10th anniversary season of the Vancouver Christmas market which is taking place from November 20th until December 24th. So it's actually starting today. Hey, I didn't know that. Wow. And I prepared this. Um, I have a sheet in front of me where I'm like looking at the information for all of the shout outs. I prepared it. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Good job, Sarah. Anyways, <laughs> so it's happening at the Vancouver's Jack Pool Plaza, which is home of the Olympic Cauldron. So this year they have many new and exciting updates and additions to the month long outdoor Christmas market. So there is a lover's lane tunnel, which used to be 30 feet and now it's 40 feet. And it used to feature 10,000 twinkly lights and now it features 20,000 twinkly lights which means double the prettiness hey <laughs> so if you're a fan of that tunnel um you're gonna like it more this year and if you've never been hey it's it sounds like it's a good year to go check it out and then they also have new food vendors so if you've been before you you should know that um they have almost the same thing every year, I feel like, because I've been twice now, because this is my third year in Vancouver, and it's the same things, more or less. But hey, they're adding more food, and they also have new mer merchants too this year. So it seems that they're adding new eco-friendly things, such as beeswax, food wraps, and uh, reusable lunch bags, and stuff like that. It's, just, it's not just the, these two things, but... These two were the ones that I wanted to tell you about. Anyways, so if you're zero waste or you want to be more, you know, eco-friendly and take your path towards zero waste, <laughs> hey, this is your year. Vancouver Christmas Market is having more eco-friendly merchants. Anyway, so um, there are some new events and highlights at the 10th annual Vancouver Christmas Market. These include $10 Tuesdays. So that's November 26th, December 3rd, 10th, and 17th. So for the anniversary season, this is new. This never happened before. So every Tuesday between November 26th through December 17th, all day long, you get to save on entry fees with the $10 Tuesday discount. And all visitors who attend the market before 2 p.m. on any weekday will receive their early bird rate, uh, which is offering adults, seniors, and youth $8 entry to the market, which is amazing. <laughs> and then there's Deluxe Date Nights, which is on November 27th, December 4th, and 11th. This is from uh, 5 p.m., starts at 5 p.m. So you get to share magical evening evenings with your friend or loved ones at the deluxe date nights guests are invited to enjoy two for one admission 
So um, starting at 5 p.m., you can get a two-for-one uh, non-alcoholic hot drinks and Krauss Rights admission. Yeah. You can purchase this at the gate. And the third one is the Kids' Day. So December 1st, uh, join Holly and Jolly for a day of family fun. So youth, which is 12 and under, can enjoy admission and carousal rides by donation to Children's Wish Foundation all day long. All ages are encouraged to support Children's Wish by making a donation to take a photo with gingerbread mascots Holly and Jolly, everyone's favorite princesses from Enchanted Events Vancouver and Santa Claus himself. Hey, if you have a kid, uh, which is 12 and under, you can enjoy this Kids Day, which is on December 1st first not first anyways um so the tickets to the to this year's vancouver christmas market are now on sale i mean it is starting today so <laughs> that's a given anyways the adult tickets are 15 dollars. seniors are 13 dollars. the youth age is 7 to 12 12 years old so that's nine dollars and children of age zero to six are free so hey if you have a kid that is between zero and six you get to enjoy the christmas market for free that is amazing anyway so let's move on to our next shout out this is a shout out to Hedda Hedda gabbler i really hope i'm pronouncing this right anyway so uh this is a brand new i mean not Hedda gabbler <laughs> true pulse productions is a brand new nonprofit theater production company they produce interesting, modern, challenging, and classic theater in Vancouver, and they are currently running Henrik Ibsen's Head the Gabbler. So Head the Gabbler is a classic of modern theater it, uh, uh, because Ibsen is known as the father of realism, and you know he's relevant as he was more than 100 years ago. Uh, so this is an intimate production, uh, and I'm saying this because... <laughs> <laughs> there are only 30 seats, seats available per show. And if you have ever been to a show before, you would know that usually there are more people than that. But like, you know, intimate productions, I love them and enjoy them a lot because you get to be very close to the actors. And it is a black box stage. And if you don't know what a 360 black box stage is, it's basically the stage is in the middle <laughs> and there's audience 360 around. It's I love black box theater. <laughs> Anyways, so they have four more shows left. They're running every Friday until mid-December. So if you're interested but, you know, aren't available this Friday, you can go next Friday or the one after that or the one after that, <laughs> basically in Friday until mid-December, which means the, their last show is on December 13th. And I'm seeing it this Friday and we'll be doing a review next Wednesday. So, hey, tune in for that and a better idea. Come see it this Friday and see if you agree to, you know, what I will say about it next Wednesday. Also, they're having two extra shows on Saturday, December 6th and Saturday, December 14th, um, which is also my birthday. <laughs> Anyways, you don't need to know that. I just wanted to share. <laughs> and so, again, that's every Friday until December 13th and two extra shows on December 6th and 14th. So Head the Gabbler takes place at the Marbury Arts and Cultural Center, which is at 7646 Prince Albert Street, Vancouver. Doors open at 7 p.m. and the place starts at 7.30. The tickets are $25 and can be purchased at headthegabblervancouver.com or at the door. That is H-E-D-D-A-G-A-B-L-E-R-Vancouver.com. Okay, <laughs> our third shout out is for Tuke. And so, <laughs> go support local makers on Black Friday with Tuke Craft Fair at Western Front. So, Tuke features thoughtful handmade products by Vancouver slash BC based artists, designers, and makers while raising much needed funds to support Western Front's ongoing program of contemporary art and new music. So, for three days, textiles, ceramics, jewelry, books, bags, home and body products, you know, take center stage in the historic charm of Western Front's Grand Lux Hall. So if you go on Friday, which is November 29th, not this Friday, 
Uh, so if you go on Friday, there's a party. So you can enjoy a drink and a bratwurst while you shop. Or you can also go on Saturday and Sunday uh, when the fair continues with baked treats and activities for kids. So if you have kids, go, you know, take a family uh, fun day and <laughs> go to the two crafts fair and also there are prizes uh, those who join or renew their membership to the western front during their holiday membership drive um, they will be entered to win prize packs from their favorite neighborhood partners oh i'm sorry and so the date for took is november 29th till december 1st it is so friday it's from 6 to 10 p.m And Saturday and Sunday, it's from 11 a.m. till 5 p.m. And the location is at Western Front. That is 303 East 8th Avenue in Vancouver, of course. And the admission is by donation. So you can donate $2, get in. You can donate $10, get in. It's really cool. Though. Pretty cool. <laughs> also, I just want to mention that you can, if you're, if we're, if I'm going too fast, I'm, really sorry um and you can get all of the information online so and also if you did not know we do podcast every uh, episode of our show so if you want to you know go back to listen to something or if you want to you know listen to this information again just to make sure you can just go to citr.ca, look up Arts Report, and you will see all of our episodes there. It's all of them. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, our, so the next one <laughs> is uh, Fuse and Current Bar. This is a shout-out for Fuse and Current Bar. So Fuse and Current Art Bar, it is not, you know, a bar like a pub bar it's a art bar <laughs> it's taking place as vancouver's favorite after dark art party fuse re resonances <laughs> presented by the vancouver art gallery on friday november 22nd so that's this friday so created to ignite change and increase diversity across vancouver's electronic art music art and music communities current feminist Electronic Art Symposium was originally conceived as a multi-venue music and art showcase. And in launching Current, the team behind the event realized a uh, few sources and little infrastructure has been made available to event producers from their own underrepresented communities. You know, earlier this summer, they created Current Mentorship Program to change this and aiming to impart the skills and knowledge they wish they had Wow, I cannot speak today. I'm sorry. So <laughs> aiming to impact the skills and knowledge they wish had been available to them when first breaking onto the city's electronic art and music scene. Oof. Uh, selected from approximately 100 applicants, uh, this year's cohort of 11 mentees took part in a three-day current, current mentorship program. And now as part of the FUSE And current art bar, these mentees will come full circle by creating a series of performances, visuals, and install installations for this year's event. And you can get the full event details and tickets from vanartgallery.bc.ca. Uh, just to remind everybody, this is happening this Friday, November 22nd, and you can get more, much more information and the tickets on vanartgallery.bc.ca. Okay, so <laughs> that was a lot, I know. So I'm just, I am quickly gonna um, tell, like, remind every shout out to everybody. And if you are just now tuning in, oh, welcome, hello. I am glad you're here. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so I, we had a lot of shout outs and would love to remind you of them. And after reminding you all of these shout outs, I am going to, uh, we, I, I am saying I am because I'm alone in a studio, but basically <laughs> this, <laughs> we are <laughs> all together. I'm gonna go to uh, Adam PSA break. And then after that, we have a pre-recorded review not a we actually have three 
we have three pre-recorded reviews that are going to be really cool. Anyway, so I'm going to remind everybody. So first one, Vancouver Christmas Market happening from today, November 20th till December 24th at Vancouver's Jackpool Plaza. Uh, the rates are adults $15, seniors $13, youth age, which is 7 to 12, $9, children age, which is 0 to 6, free and there are three important events so a ten dollar tuesdays which is every tuesday uh you get to have a ten dollar discount all day long you get to save on the entry fee and also if you go before 2 p.m you get the early bird rate which is offering adult seniors and youth you know eight eight dollars entry to the market the second one deluxe date nights this is um this november 27th december 4th and 11th uh so from 5 p.m. you get to have a two-for-one admission. You get uh, uh, two-for-one non-alcoholic hot drinks and carousal rights. So, hey, take your loved one and enjoy the deluxe date nights at the Christmas market. And also Kids Day. This is the f December, December 1st. Um, anyways, so youth 12 and under can enjoy admission and carousal rights by donation to Children's Wish Foundation all day long. Uh, and you, your, chi your child can get their picture taken with the gingerbread mascots Holly and Jolly and Santa Claus. So the second shout out we did is for Head the Gabbler, which is the, pr uh, the production put on by True Pulse Production, which is a n brand new nonprofit theater production production company. The tickets are $25 and can be purchased at Head the Gabbler Vancouver Dot com, which is H-E-D-D-A-G-A-B-L-E-R, Vancouver.com. Um, this is happening at the Marbury Arts and Cultural Center at 7.30 p.m. <laughs> yes, the third one, Tuke. Oh, wait, did I say the dates? Oh, no, Hedler Gabler is every Friday until December 13th, basically this week, next week, the week after that. And the week after that, <laughs> and they have two extra shows on December 6th and 14th. And Took, this is the third one I'd like to mention. Took, you get to support local makers on Black Friday with Took Craft Fair at the Western Fort. As Western Front, not Fort. I'm sorry. The date is Friday till Sunday, so November 29th, December 4th, December 1st. I don't know why I keep saying 4th instead of 1st. I'm sorry. Uh, so on Friday, it's from 6 to 10 p.m. And on Saturday and Sunday, it's from 11 a.m. till 5 p.m. The admission is by donation, so that's amazing. And the location is the Western Front, which is at 303 East 8th Avenue. And the last one is Fuse and Current Bars. Um, <laughs> after dark art party yes this sounds really amazing it's on November 22nd which is this Friday and um, unfortunately I do not know the price I'm sorry I don't know how much it costs you can get more um, details and you can buy the tickets at vanartgallery.bc.ca um, yes that was a lot to process but we did it. <laughs> Anyways, I am going to go into a quick add MPSA break and then we're going to be back with a lot of reviews. Baja, lo que le gusta es bailar, the Morning After Show is celebrating its 20th anniversary on Friday, November 22nd at the Rickshaw Theatre. Jenny and the Mexicats will be lighting up the stage along with special guest Maria Blues from LA. And also our local favorites, Roomba 7 and Kawama. The show starts at 8pm on November 22nd. You can get your tickets now for $20 at Red Cat or High Life or buy it online at Eventbrite. Come celebrate 20 years of eclectic sounds and live music on The Morning After Show.
Ta-ta. Now the patriarchy is dead, and we killed it. If you identify as a woman, femme, trans, or non-binary, CITR wants you on the air. You can talk about literally whatever you want as long as you care about it. No worries if you have no experience. We'll train you in everything you need to know. Come by CITR and say hi. Hey, hi, hello. From 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday to Friday to help us never play Led Zeppelin on CITR 101.9 FM ever again. Hello. Good afternoon. Um, I'm Silvana and this is Arts Report. Um, today I will be talking about um, this this orchestra I went to see. It's called Orquesta Cocan. It was held at the Chan Center uh, this past Saturday. This is actually my second Chan Center event um, reviewing a that I've reviewed this month and uh, if you guys tuned in the previous one was uh, about the Paco de Lucia project uh, it was really really good I really really enjoyed it so I was really excited for this one too especially because I well I am Latin American and I have like like part of my background uh, growing up was listening to my uh, especially my my dad listening to um Latin music, uh, from all those different genres, um, ranging from salsa to, uh, Latin jazz, um, mambo, uh, son cubano, uh, etc. There's just a lot of music, um, that I was exposed to in my childhood. So when I learned uh, that this orchestra was pres- was performing at the Chan Center, which is on campus, um. I was really excited because they're from Hav- uh, they're from Havana, Cuba. Um, so I I was really excited to uh, to see them perform. Um, the the ba- well the orchestra orchestra is called Orchestra Acocan. Um, even though um it doesn't sound like a very like Spanish name. Well, the first the first part Orchestra is in Spanish, but the second name is actually a Yor- uh, Yoruba word. Um, so, uh, Yoruba uh, was brought uh, as a as a as a religion um, back in back during like the colonial times uh, to the Caribbean, and uh, and it it still has a very big influence in Cuba. Um, so, uh, the name the the word Akokan, I think they said that it, it means from the heart. So. It's a very um, new project in general, the orchestra. They, they made their U.S. debut in July of 2018, so it's pretty, um, they're, they're kind of pretty recent. But they, and, and they were nominated for a 2018 Grammy Award in the Best Tropical Album category. So they really are taking off. Um, so that is, that's really good that we're having like, that type of talent come up. Uh, all the way up here to Canada. Um, the the orchestra as such was composed of uh, a lot of people. Um, different to the um, to the flamenco show that I went to see last time, um, they each could do like a little introduction uh, about them in the in the flyers that they were giving up that they, they were giving out because they weren't that. Uh, that many musicians but uh, in this one um, the thing is they're they're a big band so um, they also explained that uh, way back in like the 40s and 50s um, tourists from the United States and North America it uh, came to Havana to um, uh, well to visit and they were listening like what they what people were listening at the time was big band music and like a Duke Ellington type of thing. Um, so in Cuba, they they took that up. They, they people started learning um, the different techniques of the instruments that were like played in big band. There's a lot of brass. Um, there's um, 
there's trumpets, there's trombones, um, and all these stuff, uh, there's saxophones, and so it, it was this type of, like, these type of sounds were then mixed with more local sounds, um, so uh, instruments like the thimb the the timbales, the timbals, I think they're in English, uh, the conga and the bongos, um, which are, uh, are, are f of African origin, uh, and things like uh, the flute and the bass uh, are also introduced in the mix, uh, and then comes um, like mambo. <laughs> you guys may have like uh, heard of the word a lot, like I don't know. <laughs> mambo number five but that is not how mambo regularly sounds like <laughs> if you guys want to look up the um, uh, orquesta akokan a-k-o-k-a-n uh, they're they're on spotify actually and you can get a get a glimpse of what mambo can actually sound like so it's very like big band big bandy but also it also bi builds on all these other aspects um Mambo is also sometimes mixed with salsa eh, or son cubano elements, like Cuban son, which is more mild, more mellow. Um, and in this genre, as well as in some mambos, like, eh, there is also the, an instrument called tres, eh, which literally means three. <laughs> and it is basically like a guitar but it looks smaller <laughs> and the strings are different. I can't remember if it is a that has like I think it also has six um six strings, but two are connected to one a to one of the little um a things where you I, I don't know what the technical name of them are, but it's basically where you adjust the sound of the guitar like two strings are linked to each one of those uh, there's also an instrument called an instrument a very similar one called the cuatro but this w wasn't <laughs> part of this band but but yeah that's basically from like son but uh, in this orchestra they did have a cuatro and at some point of the whole concert all the musicians um, had a solo, all the musicians, um, had their, their moment to, like, you know, shine bright. Um, a very big personality was, um, the lead vocals, a, his name is Jose Pepito Gomez, and he really, like, danced on stage, he, he was sung really, really well, um, and, and he was really energetic, so that was really, a, that was really, really nice because it in eventually uh, towards the end of, of the event people were actually encouraged to stand up <laughs> and dance the ones well the ones who wanted so um even i <laughs> i took my boyfriend we like decided to dance for a little bit um so it was really nice to like just see that happening see pe seeing people um move with the music and enjoy it and whether they understand like the lyrics or not the music is just so powerful um the sound of like brass and the rhythms of the uh, of the drums they're really really special um so so yeah um in general the band is cuban born and also and it also had two um two of the of the musicians are also New York City based, such as the singer, um, and they all have a really, a really wide background in music, and especially like in these um, genres, uh, the songs they played, uh, they were, they're really cool. I I really liked one, uh, they. <laughs> Uh, they were talking about like la cosa, which is the thing. So the song talks about this thing that everybody talks about, and it's very energetic. It's like it was probably the second song they uh, they sung, so everybody just get gets hyped, and and so that was a really good song to do that with. 
Um, and yeah, definitely they were a very, very interesting experience and seeing and seeing people just thriving uh, in music and coming all the way up here to Vancouver was really, really special. It especially was a was very nice for me to have that experience because I had never really been to um, a concert of like Latin mu- Latin music of this type. So I was really <laughs> I was really touched that I was um, that I had the opportunity to attend. And, and yeah, um, they're really, they're really good, you, you guys can, like, look them up, um, they're not gonna have any more shows in Vancouver, but, um, there are, uh, there are other shows that the Chance Center is, uh, going to present, so, um, you guys can also keep up with those, because they have a really, really interesting selection, of different shows and artists uh, from all around the world that come to perform at the Chance Center. So uh, that was my review <laughs> for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, and if you want, look it up. If you want some a moment of to relax, a moment to dance, you know what you can look up. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Hey everyone, this is Lua, and in listening to my last review, I realized I had a bunch of awkward pauses, um, and it was literally because I was thinking really hard, and I was reading things while I was recording, and so today I'm going to try to avoid that in reviewing Anonymous, which is being put on by Studio 58, which is at Lingara College. Um, the play itself was written by Naomi Izuka, and it's running from November 14th to December 1st, so you still have some time to catch it. Um, just I'm just going to start off saying that it is a very interesting play. It does ta- tackle a number of issues that I found fascinating, and the way they tackle them is truly incredible. It's, it's honestly a play that I didn't think was going to work in the way it did, and I'm very happy I got the chance to watch it. And one of the things is it is a Studio 58. Studio 58 is one of my favorite theaters here in Vancouver. They always produce excellent, excellent stuff. Um, and it's always super affordable. The tickets start at 12.50, so it's really open um, for everyone. And it's just like a great night and a great opportunity. The play runs about an hour uh, and 30 minutes without intermission. And... Honestly, like, why not take a date there, or not a date, a friend, or honestly, anyone. Um, so, Anonymous, directed by Carmen Aguirre, set and prop designed by Jessica Ostergo, um, choreography by Delia Brett, video design by Candelario Andrade, sound design by Evan Rain. Um, as a... Warning, it does contain loud sounds of war and non-toxic water-based fog effect. So, again, just as a warning. But regarding the story itself, Anonymous, uh, which is written very interesting, wow, I can't speak right now, but Anonymous is written actually as Anon, and then between parentheses, Imus. And this is a reimagining of the Odyssey, by is Homer's Odyssey, the classical text, but this time um, Ulysses is Anon. Really, they don't actually have a name, but I'll call them Anon. Um, who is played by Ashley Cook, and is a boy who is a refugee who is trying to escape, or more specifically, is already in North America in the promised land of freedom, trying to navigate it, trying to find home. And this home is really unclear. Is We don't know what home, original home at least, looks like for them. But what, what or more specifically, who they're trying to find is their mother. And... Their mother um, 
is well you see much like as in the odyssey you kind of have these two stories happening at the same time where they kind of they connect once they meet each other but um anonymous if you're not familiar with the odyssey this is a classical text um a greek classical text and it tells the story of ulysses who after the war between sparta and troy um is the trojan war is trying to get home to his wife and in trying to get home he is there are a number of obstacles he has to face and a number of obstacles he has to overcome in order to try to get home with that being said as a reimagining of the odyssey anon in anonymous does face similar challenges so the way this play was structured was in a way that it kind of mirrors the challenges that Odysseus had to go through. Um, and there are certain, um, it does keep certain fantastic elements like the goddess help and um, the Cyclops, among other things. However, overall, it does try to bring things to a lot more real realm. Um, and even when those elements aren't real, you can see the connection to what are they referring to? What are they supposed to be? And I thought that was really interesting. I'd actually like to read a little piece of the editor's note because I thought it gave such a deep insight into why this play was chosen and why it was overall just a great experience it did make me cry but it also made me laugh it's a funny but heart-wrenching um play and it tells a story that i did not expect to see or at least that is not usually told and specifically not told in this um in this manner this is a very new way of me or honestly anyone taking a look at the refugee crisis that is happening all over the world right now and telling it in a way that references the classics, academia, like that to me is just fascinating enough itself, taking something that is like so gate, like honestly at the end of the day, it is gatekeeping, like academia does that and it's kind of like this other level of really text that is at least that's how people see it um and bringing it to the real world bringing it to the issues that we have right now to the fears that we face right now and the challenges and really truly at the end deconstructing this idea that once you get to north america or once you get to the other place this dreamland all your issues are going to be solved it's really kind of demystifying this idea of the american dream it's it's creating or more specifically, really like emphasizing that getting there is the easy part of the of the trip. Once you get there, that's where the real challenges start. So let me go back to, I'm going to read a sentence from the director's note that I think is really important. Um, painfully beautiful, anonymous, is the story of a present-day teenage refugee who crossed the United States in a quest to find his disappeared mother. The play is set in the in-between, both literally and figuratively, figuratively, and and compellingly explores the question, what defines home? And so another aspect that I thought was really important to this play is that The director, Carmen Aguirre, is a refugee herself who fled from Chile as a child in 1973 after the military coup. And to see her reconnect with the text in this manner and to see her bring this play to life by having the lens of her own personal exile was a beautiful thing. I think the concept of the in-between is really the key point that kind of weaves everything together and allows us to navigate through the narrative where we're not home, but we're also not not home. This new place that Anon arrives at 
the global north or whatever you want to call it is it's a new weird place and I think what was highlighted in the play that was really interesting well first off that immigrants and refugees are very different um, although they are coming from a different place to make a life in a new one the aspect of choice defines those two um, very very much so and so this play has a focus on refugees it does highlight as I said before that the north the North America is not this beautiful safe place although it can be it's it's really just not it is and what they have fled what these people have fled does have beauty in it it might have been a as the definition of refuge describes a a place of war and persecution or natural disaster but at the end of the day it did have its beauty and i don't know it just spoke to me to in a really deep deep level and all these struggles and all these moments where you are pulled into Anon's story and knowing that Anon is named Anon, he is nobody exactly because so often refugees are nobody. They lose in their process of leaving things behind, they lose who they are or they lose sometimes the right to be a person depending on where they're going and having a play that speaks directly to that to this um, huge crisis we're all facing right now was fascinating to see so i feel that i've highlighted enough the refugee aspect of it it really is at the core of everything that is done in this play but i'd like to also talk about the set design and the transition between scenes because, as usual, Studio 58 has a set design that blows my mind every single time because it is a very small space and every time it is transformed and reimagined and reconstructed in a way that is simple and yet so imaginative and so creative that I'm just blown away every single time. And so props to the... Haha, see what I did there? Props to the set designer, Jessica Ostergo, because... Um, it is a very simple set. It starts off as a refugee camp where, you know, there is a TV and there's a column and some grates kind of separating the space. And those are the elements that kind of like are shifted and switched and manipulated throughout this play to represent different places and different locations and different moods. And basically... Even the movement of trains and, and all these things. The use of projection was also very important. Um, not necessarily to create a space, but to create an ambience. And again, um, as I said, this play does did have a, a kind of a content warning. And it is because the sounds can be at points very, very intense. It did have a lot of sounds of like gun shooting, um, and all of that because it was representing kind of like Anon's memories, um, which kind of which um, references what he was fleeing, but also does not forget the beauty that he was leaving behind, and those were um, those were also retold and emphasized in different ways. That I want to kind of say as well is that this play as a retelling of Odysseus uh sorry of Odysseus adventure the Odyssey it does um benefit if you are familiar with the Odyssey so I would recommend a little like Wikipedia Google like kind of like just look over it just as a general like so you kind of understand some of the references. It is a very, very enjoyable play, regardless of having those references, understanding those references or not. But I think it does add that extra D 
deeper level if you do understand where these moments are coming from and who some of these characters are because they aren't necessarily fully introduced specifically athena um who in the odyssey helps odysseus to get home she guides him she's always overlooking him um and his and and well and his misfortunes and athena kind of does reappear in anonymous but not as athena athena necessarily is she's just a goddess uh which i thought it was a really interesting or in a really good way to like incorporate some of these elements without necessarily saying like oh this is athena this is like whoever this is whatever uh a lot of these things are kind of like a given and you have to accept that you're going into this imaginary world and coming out of it and going back into it and coming out of it and i don't know i think that coming in and out does add to it it does add to the play it does add this extra layer of am i going to this imaginary world or or is this imaginary world only being used to be emphasized the ridiculousness of some of the stuff that happens in our real life um overall really great play um i it the um the odyssey does end almost abruptly and with Odysseus kind of reuniting with his wife and something's happening but then living happily ever after and that is one of the critiques that I have for Anonymous that it did feel like the re-encounter between Anon and his mother was not rushed but I wanted to see them interacting for longer I wanted to see them building this relationship for longer because their relationship to each other is built for almost the entirety of the play apart we only know like how Anon feels about his mother and how from his memories and from his searching and how his mother feels about Anon from her longing of him but we don't really get to see them interact much which is something that I would have liked to see um all the actors were amazing there was never a point in the story where I thought I was pulled out of it. I was so involved with all of them. I was so involved with everything they said and did that every breath that was taking, I was there with them. And I think the last thing I want to mention that I thought was fascinating, really interesting, and honestly just really creatively and well done, was that because this is a... The original story is set at sea. How would you represent the sea and like floating and just swimming or any of that in a theater space, in a space that is not does not allow for water, does not allow for swimming? And basically they use their own bodies to create the movement of the sea, which I found incredible. That was just something that I was blown away. I would never have would have thought of something like that. But they used, Anon was kind of like, the way Anon floated was by being on top of other people's bodies that were moving around and kind of like rolling onto each other. And then you could actually kind of feel the movement of the sea and the movement of the water and the turbulence that was associated to all of it. And so overall, amazing play. I hope you get a chance to see it. It's going on until November, oh sorry, December 1st um, at Langara College at Studio 58 do check it out. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to my review. I hope you enjoyed it. And I will probably be in the studio very, very soon. Or I am already in the studio. And you just don't know it because you're listening to this. But anyway, thank you so much. And goodbye. Ah, humbug. A modern adaptation of A Christmas Carol celebrates the downtown Eastside community in its 10th annual and final season. It's the perfect family holiday treat, filled with rock, blues, and Christmas carols. Plus, enjoy live music from a youth choir. Opens December 5th at SFU Woodwards, located at 149 West Hastings Street. For tickets and details, visit sfuwoodwards.ca. When the forces of white heteropatriarchal capitalism try to get you down, 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 down. If that's what you wanna do, do, do.
Bechtel Test Burlesque is here to lift you up with a jam-packed, star-studded evening of pop culture critique powered by Thrill Joy Feminism. After six years of sold-out shows from Seattle to the University of Oregon, Bechtel Test Burlesque is coming to Vancouver with an international intersectional coalition of nerdy feminists to prove that rebellions are built on hope. One night only at the Rio Theatre on November 30th. This show is not to miss. Check out riotheatertickets.com for more information and to buy tickets. Oh, hello, everybody. Hello. We're back. Hi, we hope you enjoyed all of those. And, well, I have Lua and Silvana with me in the studio. Hi. Hello, Hi. guys. And like I said in my recording, I am in the studio right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And so today um, we want to end the show. Well, first off, doing a huge shout out. Today is Trans Day of Remembrance. Yes. Um, so, yes. <laughs> oh, basically. Uh, do you want to say, yeah. yeah, I have all the events <laughs> yeah, listed in front of me. I can just. Yeah. So uh, we want to remind of some events. So today from 6 till 10, so like in 10 minutes until 10 p.m., they have a TDOR March and Memorial at the Carnegie Community Hall. And then tomorrow from 6 to 9, there's a conflict resolution workshop. And on Friday, which is November 22nd at 8 p.m., there's a QTB. QT BIPOC talent show at Café du Soleil. And then on November 23rd, Saturday from 2.30 p.m. until 5.30 p.m. is the Trans Community Town Hall. Eliza, welcome. And November 24th, Sunday from 7 p.m. till 10 p.m. is the Community Dinner and Open Mic. And finally, November 27th, Wednesday at 9 a.m., is Through the Lens, Exploring Gender and Gender Identity Workshop at UBC. You can, you know, uh, join any of these. They seem really interesting. And it's it's important, the Trans, the <laughs> trans Day of Remembrance, because there are a lot of people who unfortunately get killed because of transophobia, and it's important to remember them. Yes. Yes. Um... It is a very heavy day, and I don't know. I feel that there's a lot of heavy energy associated to it. Um, I, as a cis person, I can't speak to a lot of it. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I am, you know, in solidarity. Yes. Um, with that being said, however, we kind of want to end the show on a positive note. On um, a happy one. Talking about Sound of Music, which Yay. we were very fortunate to watch last week. And... Um, at the same time, like, although I, I could talk about the show for and 20 minutes and forever and like just keep talking about it because it was amazing. Um, Sarah has brought to my attention that almost all the shows have been sold out. Oh, my God. They yes. are almost entirely sold out already. So if you are if you want to watch that show, you buy it as soon as you can, because the moment we step out of that stage, uh, the general feeling that Sarah and I had was like, we want to start over from the, like, literally, I was just yeah. like, from the top, top. now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just started right back from the beginning. <laughs> they left the stage and were like, encore, the whole show. <laughs> the entire <Yes>. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it was that good. The set was amazing. The transitions were so smartly done. Yes. So, um, so thoughtful, really, how you create all these transitions in a way that doesn't seem forced. Mm -hmm. And you're not like pulled away from this world because there's still always an element of like keeping you into this uh, in the world and keep you in, in that moment until like the set changes completely. And you're like, oh, I guess I'm in a different place now. Yeah. And there's never a moment where you're pulled back from it. There's it's the transitions between scenes flowed so amazingly smooth um, singing. The harmonies gave Ooh. me chills. Every single time they like vocalized their harmonies was just mind blowing. Like I have amazing. honestly no words to describe how good those was, harmonies okay, see, were. It was so good that I wanted to go see it a second time and looked for tickets and realized that they're all almost sold out or, you know not there. Like yeah. one, two seats left. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was just really good. The acting was really good. Also, I just want to like give a quick little shout out to the children on stage because if you don't know, The Sound of Music has seven children in it. Um, I mean, the actor who was playing the oldest one, she wasn't, you know, 
a child, but <laughs> she was playing one of the children. Anyways, but the little ones, oh my god, this show was like two hour and 45 minutes. And Whoa. they did a really good job, both acting, singing with the choreography, and they, you know, didn't yawn. They didn't show that it was late at night and they should be in bed. No, they were really professional. Also, they were really cute. The, like, as soon as they, as they stepped on stage, my heart was so full. And if you, you know don't like musicals go see the show even <laughs> just to get that feeling of your heart being at its fullest because of this little cute children <laughs> they were so good also yeah. i just want to mention <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm sorry I'm, I'm going more with the children um as a person who has worked with children before i know how hard it can be for you know little people to uh people. <laughs> they are little people anyways for them to you know um keep their cool and chill and actually be able to do anything <laughs> so it was really good seeing them up on the stage with so much success they were really good yeah um this one of the girls was also the same girl that played matilda and yeah. you know the musical matilda her performance as you as the last time was amazing. It's really just amazing to see all these children actors, you know, maintaining their composure throughout this really challenging play. Yeah. It's it's very emotionally heavy. Well, like it be- sound of music it become becomes like begins like kind of like super cheery and like super mm. fun. And then it as progresses the political agenda like the political not a political agenda, like the political aspect of what is happening to Austria in the midst of World War Two kind of comes into major play. Yeah. And it's some very strong imagery and it's some very strong, you know, feelings that I don't know if those children understand Might like currently be, what they are going like, through. I remember that the first time I saw Sound of Music yeah. as a kid, I didn't understand that layer at all. But you know, I was so involved in it and every time to me see watching Sound of Music is a new experience, is a new way of engaging and um, interacting with history and interacting with it in a fun, different way. Um, overall, honestly, I, I, I just and can't stop praising. So yeah. yeah, I just can't are. stop praising the show enough, also, especially for someone that has never seen like I, for as much love as I have for Sound of Music. I have never I had never seen it before live. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time. And I was just blown away, like completely blown away. There's like nothing that I would have changed about the show. Same. Also, I want to mention, I don't know if Loa shares the same um, <laughs> view as me, but I found that the like the songs hearing the songs live and um i don't know how to explain this i feel like their version of the songs of the soundtrack was better than the original soundtrack i don't know <laughs> that's just what i think so i don't really know good. about that I love you, <laughs> but you know it is a quite something to see it live um and, I, and if you do get a chance to watch it, if you haven't bought tickets, again, buy them now before they're completely sold out. Yeah, they're, they're running until January 5th so that you have some time. Well, you do have some time, but at the yeah, same time. Yeah, I like, mean, mm. you have some time to see it. You don't have that much time to buy the tickets. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it for today, folks. We're going to yeah. go see Leave the Studio for the Medicine Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you well not see you we'll let you listen to us <laughs> <laughs> next week, next week yeah. which will be our last show for the yeah. year but we will be coming back in the beginning of january yes so bye, bye. and i'll take my time to be you, never meant to be me, never meant to be us.